0: Last week, we began a series looking at the book of Philippians and asking the question, what have I learned from COVID? What have I learned during this time that has been so different since COVID came to our community? Last week, we talked about giving thanks and about rejoicing even when things are not going the way that we would prefer that they go. Today, we're going to be talking about self-willed humility. So turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Philippians in the New Testament. We'll be reading from Philippians chapter 2, and the reading will begin at verse 1. And the scripture says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement From being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, obedient to death, even death on a cross." This is the word of the Lord. When my boys were still at home, from time to time, Karen and I would take them to the auditorium center to see some production of the the Broadway Theater League. And uh, they always enjoyed that very much. And each time we went, we never did know quite what to expect because there was always some fantastic thing. I remember, especially when we went to see The Lion King. Now, perhaps you've seen a production of The Lion King, a Broadway production of The Lion King. The costumes are amazing. The plants, the animals, everything in the play is depicted by human beings in fabulous costumes. The giraffes look like a giraffe, walk like a giraffe, but it, each one of them is a person walking on stilts, having stilts for their legs as well as stick, stilts for their hands. And then, of course, the great head of the, uh, and neck of the giraffe fastened to their heads. And uh, that's just one example. The rhinos, the elephant that comes lumbering down the aisle of the theater. The whole thing is quite a fabulous, amazing production. Continually surprising as the story unfolds. Because you never know what's coming next and what unexpected thing there will be. Now, one of the things that really stands out when you go to such an elaborate production as that is all of the people that are actors, as well as all of the people that were involved in the production, in the costuming, and in the lights, and the whole production. It's amazing, and the whole thing is absolutely choreographed. They don't just turn everybody loose and say, well, let's see what happens tonight. Everyone knows their lines. Everyone knows exactly how they are to move at each point that they are a part of the production. There's never a free-for-all. There's never spontaneity. Instead, everyone does exactly what their role is in the production so that it all comes together. All the individual pieces come together to produce the, the extravagant effect that is desired. No one is focusing upon getting the limelight. Instead, everyone is focused upon their role in giving the great production to the audience. And that's a bit what Paul is talking about here in this scripture. He's saying, if you are a follower of Jesus, then live as he lived. Humble yourself. Don't live out of arrogance or vanity or out of self-will, instead, submit yourself to the plan. Submit yourself to the, the program. Submit yourself to the kingdom of heaven and to the work that Jesus Christ wants to do through you in this world. So listen to the words that Paul has written for us hear them once again bring your thinking in line with one another hold on to the same love bring your innermost lives into harmony Fix your minds on the same object. Never act out of selfish ambition or vanity. Instead, in humility, regard others as having higher status than your own. Now, that is quite a different way to live than what we human beings generally do. There's all kinds of strife in our world, and we Christians don't do a whole lot better, at least in some areas of our lives, than the people who are not following Jesus at all. There are many divisions among us, but Paul says that's not the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven is about bringing restoration to what is broken. So why would we do this humbling of ourselves, this giving up self-interest? Why would a person be willing to do that at all? Well, it's because we are disciples of Jesus, the Messiah, the King of heaven. Disciples live like their master. Disciples study their master, watch the master. Disciples want their lives to conform to the life of the master to such an extent that people who see them will be able to see the master in them because their actions, their words, their lives are so much like the life of their master. Paul says, This is how you should think among yourselves. With the mind that you have, because you belong to the Messiah Jesus. So listen to how he describes Jesus once again. Jesus, who? though he was in God's form, did not regard his equality with God as something he should exploit. Instead, he emptied himself and took the form of a slave being born in the likeness of humans, and then, having human appearance, he humbled himself and became obedient even to death, yes, even the death of the cross. He humbled himself. Now, what is, what is described here is very astounding. It's amazing. We can't even fully understand, we can't really get very great of an understanding of the magnitude of what he did for us because he loved us and wanted to rescue us from our sin and its consequences. We have no idea what it means, really, to be the High King of Heaven the Son of God, the Creator. We can use those words and we have some kind of concept, but really it is too grand. It's so far beyond us. And yet he humbled himself because he loved us and became one of us to rescue us, to serve us, to bring healing and wholeness and life to us. It was all about us. He did it all for us because he loves us." And Paul says, followers of Jesus, That's what it means for you. If you're following him, you'll have the same kind of attitude, the same kind of mindset. You will choose, you will choose to humble yourself. It is a choice, it's a decision. It is self willed humility. Now, oftentimes, When we use the words self willed, we're not talking about humility, we're talking about arrogance and stubbornness. But to live as Jesus requires a choice on our part. Some people say, Oh, I just can't do that. If that's ever going to happen, Jesus has to do that in me. Well, it is true. The Spirit of Jesus must transform our hearts, but It is also true that he only does that as we are willing to cooperate and to choose what he wants in our lives. So how does this play out in our lives? And what's it got to do with COVID in the first place? Well, I've heard from many people about stressed relationships, stressed family relationships, because of uh, all of the changes that COVID has brought to us in these last months. All of the time we've spent together. Children who can't do all the things they usually do, and they're unhappy and grumpy about it. Parents who have to work from home, trying to keep their children entertained, pacified. At the same time, they're trying to keep their boss pacified. And it's just been stressful. The normal kinds of things that have been available to release stress, going here, going there, doing this and doing that, have not been available. And so some families and some people have felt a great deal of relational stress. But here, Paul tells us, remember he's in prison and he is being stressed, he tells us how we are to live. And I think, I really think, because of what he said in chapter 1, I think that as he's saying these words to us, he's saying, and this is the way I have responded to my captors, my jailers. So he's not just some guy off all alone saying, well, you know, you folks that have have relationship problems. Here's how you should act. He had oppressors in his own life. And here are his instructions. So, what is this going to look like for us? How is it going to happen for us? We human beings who normally do not humble ourselves, but normally do seek to get what we will for ourselves instead of preferring what is best for others. So, we must start by making the decision. The decision to prefer others ahead of ourselves. The decision to treat them as though they and their desires are superior to us and to our own. We have to decide to humble ourselves. The next thing, we do have to focus upon Jesus. It's quite obvious by looking at the history of humanity on the planet, it's quite obvious from looking at the way things work on this planet right now, that we human beings are not going to get this one right all on our own. So we focus upon Jesus. He is with us if we have placed our trust in him and been reconciled to God. He has given his spirit, the Holy Spirit, to us. Christ in us, the hope of glory, Paul has said. And he tells us, so trust him. Don't trust your efforts to get what you want. You can take the risk of preferring others, knowing that your Savior, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, will provide everything that you need for you. So focus upon Jesus. What does this look like in our families? Well, it means that we love our families. That does not mean have nice, warm feelings about them and everything that they do and want. It has to do with everything in the area of our actions toward our family, our actions and words that we speak. We value them. We subordinate our desires to their desires, which means we listen to find out what it is that they do want. That means we can't be impatient. If you're easily put into an impatient place, you've got to start disciplining yourself to take a breath and listen so that you will know what it is that your family needs and you'll be able to make a choice to give them love. Give of yourself to help them achieve their desires and fulfill their needs instead of asserting your own agenda, your own selfish. Ambition. Spouses. Are you willing to do that for one another? Are you willing to prefer your spouse over yourself? There was a time when you thought you were. There was a time when you promised to love and to cherish until you are parted by death. Love and cherish. There have been a few moments since your wedding that you didn't really feel especially loving. But loving is a choice to prefer your spouse over your own self-willed desires. It's about giving. And here Paul says, this is the way it looks if we are going to live as servants of Jesus Christ. We will prefer others over ourselves. We will submit ourselves, our will, to their will. Because we love them, not because we have to. That's exactly what Jesus did. He submitted himself to us. Even allowing us human beings to kill him. Not because he was so weak, not because he had no choice, but because he loves us. And so he preferred what would bring restoration to us human beings living in our brokenness, our broken communities, our broken homes, our broken relationships, our broken separation from Almighty God Himself. He did it all to bring healing and wholeness and an end to brokenness. So if I live like Jesus, if I choose to humble myself, I am choosing to at least at times give up what I want and instead prefer what my spouse wants and needs. The question is, who's my focus? Is it myself? Is it myself? It's the same way with parenting. It requires the same patience. It requires the same willingness to give up what I want and give to my child. Oh, it doesn't mean you always say yes to your child. That, of course, we all know is not a very loving thing to do at all. But it is choosing to be patient and prefer my child, which in my wisdom as someone who has lived longer than they have, that I can see that preferring them sometimes means to say no or to offer them something other than what they prefer. And, of course, some of the time it is giving to them exactly what they prefer. But it's all about preferring them instead of living according to my own self-interested agenda. And so, Paul is saying, Are you willing to truly follow Jesus? It is a conscious choice, an intentional decision. And it's a big one. And it costs. But we say we are followers of Jesus, and he paid the big cost to love you and me and rescue us. How does it apply to other relationships, to living in our world? Well, this time of COVID has certainly uh, been a time when divisions in our world have been been thrust into the forefront of all of our uh, seeing, at least part of the time. So what did Paul say? He said, never act out of selfish ambition or vanity. Instead, in humility, regard others as having higher status than yourself. If we all lived like that, there would be absolutely no racism in the world. You see, Jesus' plan for us, his life for us, it changes everything. And the thing that needs changed most is our hearts. Oh, I know changing laws, changing rules, changing systems, that can be very important. I lived before the Civil Rights Act was passed. I've lived since it was passed. I remember life as a child. I remember many years of struggle in between as transitions were happening. I know what life is like today. I'm not saying we have reached the goal, not in the least but it's a long way from where it was when I was a child. And changing the laws did have a big effect. So so things need to be set right that are not right. But what is most important is what is in our hearts, not what the laws are going to punish We want to have transformed hearts and live as Jesus lived. We need to remember in all of our relationships that Jesus came to transform us from sinful oppressors to reconcilers. And there's none of us who can claim that our race has never been sinful oppressors and devoted to reconciliation. For every human society, every ethnicity has taken advantage, oppressed and enslaved others when they had the opportunity to do so. And so, let us follow Jesus. Let us choose to humble ourselves and to prefer others and their needs and wants above our own. We have a general superintendent who is responsible for our district and many other districts in the world. Her name is Carla Sundberg, and this is what she has written concerning the words of Paul that we read in Philippians today. Self-willed abasement is the intentional action on the part of Christ's followers that puts the needs of others above self. If every follower of Jesus Christ lived this way, it would change the world. Those are not just trite words, but words that ought to prod us on to examining our own lives and asking the light of Christ to shine into the deepest corners of our motivations and naivete. Do we really want to know if there is something inside of us that may be fueling the flames of injustice in this world? If we were honest, probably most of us do not because it is uncomfortable. But the call from Paul is for willful examination of the self in light of Jesus. If we are going to follow Jesus on this journey, then we must welcome the Spirit's inspection of our lives and then put action to words, intentionally seeking to live the poured-out life of Christ. So Paul has said, in humility... Regard others as having higher status than your own. So let us think about our relationships. Let us think about our families. Let us think about our neighbors. Let us think about our groups, uh, our, our thoughts concerning groups of people in our country and in our society. Is there any division in which we are participating? Any strife? What would those relationships look like if, hearing Paul's instruction, we have the same attitude that Jesus did, who humbled himself for us, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather, in humility. Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others in your relationships with one another. Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So let us pray, and in praying, listen to him, to Christ, and what he would say to us. Lord Jesus Christ, we give thanks to you for having mercy upon us, we cannot understand the magnitude of the emptying of yourself, what it meant to go from being the sovereign of the universe to the man nailed on a cross. And yet you did all of that for us. So today we have worshiped you We have considered what your servant Paul has written to us because in love, in gratitude to you for your great mercy, we bow before you. We ask you to transform us. We ask you to make us kingdom of heaven people, displaying your great love in all of our relationships with every person. We confess, we all confess, that we have not always done that. Some of us right now are confessing to you how we have treated our spouse, or our children, or our parents, or our neighbors. So we ask that you would transform our hearts. And we tell you, our will is engaged. We are willing to cooperate with whatever transforming work you want to do in our minds, our values, our preferences, our love. Make us to be truly imitators of you, the one who loves perfectly. And so we ask for your blessing upon us because we are about to return from worship into our world where there is strife everywhere, where we are surrounded by people seeking their own self-interests. And we need your blessing and the power of your Spirit follow you so grant us your blessing we pray amen may god bless you as you go to live the life of christ this week